Breaking the Panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com slash breaking the panel because we do appreciate the help. Look, man, spoilers are either all or nothing. You either never spoil it for somebody or you do it immediately. That's me. There's no window. There's no modicum. Doesn't matter if it's left theaters. I have a rule where I don't openly talk about the twist of Empire Strikes Back in front of children. <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, the Chris Ain't Here edition for the next six weeks. I, the Rock Guy Podcasting, Charles McFall, riding shotgun with me is Paul Klotz. Yo, good to be here without my compadre. You look, listen how happy and, and low-key you are. You're just like, I'll actually participate today because Chris ain't here to save Martha. There, there might be a little, uh, you know, representational grave over here that I'm dancing on right now. Oh, <laughs> shots fired, man! Shots fired. Well, well I, I think not it's, even thirty seconds in. Oh, well, yeah. I think it's funny. Is I'm trying to line up Travis Jones, right? And he's been very, very busy lately. Uh, but I was like, uh, "Hey, man, you want to do the 31st? And he, he, Travis is is a uh, what, what is that? The, the show? I'm like, dude. All we've been trying to do for the last six months is get you back on the show. Now yeah. you can be here without Chris stepping on you. <laughs> and you can, God, he's a superstar. What can you say? You know, yeah. I don't have the green M&Ms for him. Um, but go check him out, Blazing Defender Report, and get all his his steroid-fueled <laughs> comic book reviews going. Uh, somebody's got to represent Chris while he's gone. And the voice you hear representing Chris today is from The City, capital T-H-E, Casey Straws. It's me, TV's Casey, from the ever-gregarious Bad Coyote Funky Podcast. Yeah, man, it, that's what I write it down. I say Wild Coyote Funky every time. I think last time I said... Uh, Bad Coyote Ugly Podcast. Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> I am personally not very attached to the name, but I gotta tell you, it's a pretty sweet group of guys. We have a lot of fun, uh, and you can totally check it out. Do you guys often dance on bars? Uh, I mean, I do, but they started recording with video now, so it's it's been very difficult to do it behind the scenes. Oh, fair. Yeah. So there, there's two things we've talked about doing. Is uh, We used to do, from the Helicarrier, was semi-live. So it was recorded a broadcast video on Twitch. It wasn't much to watch, but people got to be in the chat room and interact with us. And Klaus and I were just talking about how maybe we should do uh, a live version at some point. Uh, before, we, we didn't do it because the schedules were bouncing around, but now... Uh, if you guys, if, if you ladies and gentlemen out there listening want to have a live interaction show for free, you know, we'll just put it out on Twitch or Facebook or somewhere, uh, then let us know. Email us. Uh, it is, what is email? It is btp at giantsizeteamup.com. You can email us and, or let us know on facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel. Charles. Yes. Let's not do it free. Let's charge. You know, <laughs> no, no tolls, no rolls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's going to be nineteen ninety nine a minute if you uh, would like to have a that minute. show. <laughs> what is this next line from the nineties? <laughs> right, right. It's twenty. It's two dollars a minute after the first twenty dollars. 
Uh, Call now, you bad boys. We'll talk about comic books. Did you guys ever... <laughs> uh, okay, a little side note, because we're a little edgy. This is what we do, but we really talk about the things that, that make us laugh. It's, it's mostly comic book geek world. We got some great feedback today. But just because that memory has come up, and it made me think of the retro show that uh, Chris and Phil are putting together. Did you guys ever break down and call one of those 900 chat lines that you saw in the 90s? Hell no. With who? My dad's credit card? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's like me either because like, I knew it would come on the phone bill because I had a dumbass friend who did it and his parents called it because it comes on the phone bill. You know, straight. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm glad you're the dummy and not me because, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad news. It, honestly, uh, like, like when it was still a thing, I was young enough where I wouldn't know what to say. I would just right? be like, "Hi," and then you're what thirty one now? Thirty three. I was born in eighty four, so like mid nineties when that stuff was at its peak, I would have been like ten, <laughs> maybe twelve. I, I, I was still a teenager, and I was still wouldn't have known what to say. Right? You know? It, it, yeah. So, by the way, for my generation, it wasn't long before like chat room, internet chat rooms, and instant messaging mm-hmm. became a thing. So it was like, why would I pay somebody a giant pile of money <laughs> when I could go just talk to a middle-aged man that's pretending to be a young girl? Now, for all the kiddies who listen in the car while Dad was running in to get his liquor, you can ask him about all this stuff when he gets back in the car. <laughs> Daddy, so- what's catfishing? <laughs> it's how Klaus got on this show. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, wow, oh, that's goodness. a way back joke. All right, uh, so all good artists steal, and I was on a, a show. Actually, you know what? We're, I didn't get. I meant to talk to Klaus about that. I'm not going to talk to you now because we haven't discussed it fully. After, after the show, Klaus, we need to discuss some things. Uh, but I was on a Geek IO Movie SmackDown. I just wanted to give a quick update on the standings because. The, it's all about buying the movie right, how much you spend out of your 100 virtual dollars, and it's the domestic gross for the first two weeks divided by what you spent, and it's what you make. Uh, my first movie has come up. It was Snatched. It was the Amy Schumer film. Uh, I just had That's one of the ones that I had to get on the board with. But here's the thing. I could not get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, Raul outbid me up to $35, and this is like the fourth movie we were bidding on. So he used a third of his money, over a third of his money, to buy this film. It grossed in the first two weeks so far, two hundred fifty-three million domestic. He only made seven million off of that, and he spent most of his money on it. On the Amy Schumer film, it's grossed twenty million. I only spent fourteen dollars. I've I've netted one point five million so far in opening weekend. Mm. So, so uh, uh, money wise, I'm doing better percentage wise. We'll see where it goes. My next film is Alien Covenant, coming out uh, this weekend. Actually, of recording. And when we're dropping, it's already got, I love, Alien Covenant is coming out this weekend. It's got a 75% uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating already. I already see that in my my stats file. Like that's, that's better than at least half the Alien movies, so it's in good company. Yeah. I didn't go look at Rotten Tomatoes. I'm just saying it's right about here. Rotten Tomatoes. I sure don't, but I'm just saying. Why does everybody look at Rotten Tomatoes? You know what? If you sheep like to eat tomatoes, go watch Alien Covenant because Rotten Tomatoes said so because I yeah, need the boost. That's possibly the worst impersonation of you I've ever <laughs> I wholeheartedly apologize right now. Like, that was way over the line. <laughs> uh, my wife got in the mocking the other day. She goes, I could do you. And I won't repeat what she said, but it's quite funny. It was very funny. Uh all right, so beyond that, so everybody go watch Alien Covenant. Make me a lot of money. It'd be awesome. 
I really want to win this thing. I'm the outsider. Of the group. They invite one outsider yeah. every season, and I'm the outsider this season, so I, I want to take this crown down. Let Skull go watch Ridley Scott continue to crap on one of my favorite IPs of all time. Ooh. Do it for the team, man. Do it for the team. You know what? You don't have to go see it. Just buy the ticket. I'm going to go see it. <laughs> you ain't paying $14 to not see a movie. Yeah. <laughs> for real. I, 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 I'll go see it. I don't care what you do as long as you put the money into the pot so I get credit for it. That's all I care about. We, uh, a couple weeks ago, Klotz, we were talking about Civil War Two, right? Came up in some other discussions. And I believe you were saying that nobody liked Civil War. And I can't say I've heard anybody like it, but Kyle Lamming, who is a follower of the show, he's a, a old-time, uh, what do we call them? They're not exactly fans. And, and when you've interacted with this, you've gone beyond just a listener. But, you know, Kyle's been around since Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Thank you. That's a good word. Friend of the show. Kyle Lamming's been a friend of the show since uh, from the Helicarrier days. I know he listens to Pokemon Go, and he listens to Breaking the Panel here. And he says, hey, I was just listening to Breaking the Panel. You guys said that nobody liked Civil War. Two. Sorry, I, that's me. He, he did not write it in some weird statement way. I just screwed it up. Uh, I like Civil War, too. I didn't Hold even up. know that. Hold up. Ex-friend of the show. <laughs> Former friend of the show. <laughs> I liked Civil War too. Didn't even know there was hate for it until I read some comments afterwards. I don't really get the hate though. I thought the conflict was very realistic for a super superhuman world. I could easily see each person's side and why they did what they did. I could also see both sides' mistakes. Are you sure you're not referring to Civil War? Because this would fit Civil War. Right now. Even Civil I, War One, the opinions are pretty one-sided. Like, there's a clear wrong and right answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Team Cap. Uh, it seems like higher stakes and more morally great to me than Civil War One. Still enjoyed the first one more. Uh, Civil War One, uh, I was on Cap's side the whole way through and thought, for the most part, Tony was just being a... <laughs> Mike's going to leave it out anyway. Uh, Civil War Two, I thought Tony was being that as well, and going about it the wrong way, but he was right. What is everybody's hatred about Civil War Two? The only thing I can think of is that they threw around a lot of words like prejudice and profiling, and maybe people thought we have enough of this PC BS in real life. Or was it just that he it was already done? So, Klotz, you just made him an expert of the show. What is your beef with Civil War Two? I, I'm going to defend my position a little bit here, and then I'm going to let Casey jump in, because Casey's got some strong views as well. I'm uh, sweating blood. You can't see it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm ready to just explode. Uh, one of the big issues that I had with Civil War Two is that it mischaracterized many of the characters involved, particularly... Just like the first one! Well, yeah. Uh, particularly... Um, why am I drawing a Blake? Oh my god. Carol Danvers. Carol Danvers, yeah. Uh, I was I kept thinking Kamala, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, really undermined that character in a big way. Like that that is a tremendous character that has been through a lot of crap over the years, and just completely mischaracterized. Um, the other issue is that it, it's a more meta issue than just Civil War Two. It's that it was ill timed with everything else that's been going on. Like it just seems like we talked about this on the show where we talked about it is that Marvel has been grasping at straws to try to capture the magic of Civil War, and I feel like the laziest thing in the world is to be like Civil War Two, yeah, the re the Electric Boogaloo, the Reckoning, the Quickening. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and it's just like, come on, guys. We know that comics can be a foundation for incredible storytelling. We see it time and time again. It's not always all at the same time. I mean, sometimes we go months or even years before we get a truly exceptional run on a book where we're just like, holy crap that person that writer nailed that you know the art was amazing and then the story was in just like whew. civil war was one of those events where a lot of people even if you didn't agree with everything that happened in it there were just so many great moments in that huge event that it and you could it. fall on either side depending yeah on oh well, you yeah that. i mean you know it's it is pretty you know it's pretty clear who was in the right but there was an argument for the other side now, here's, here's what I know about Civil War 2, because I fully admit I never got to read it. I I am on the bandwagon of, it's been done. As soon as I saw Civil War 2, I was like, eh. It's, it's, the it's funny thing is you're coming at it from an it's been done thing, but it's not an it's been done of Civil War. It's an it's been done of Minority Report. That, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say. What I know about it is uh, what came through the game of Avengers Lunch, right? Where they talk about precog and knowing bad juju before it happened and should we know and punish them ahead of time and, and exactly what i thought even in the game i'm like that's just that's just a bad version of minority report actually mm-hmm. um and that and th- that's my only two cents uh, i could I, you know what kyle if you like it you know good for you i want to hear what casey has to say but so Klotz falls into the a little bit of it's already done and and you thought it was weak business move more or less well, that and the mischaracterization. Like, it, when you take characters that have been written a certain way for a long time and have, you know, story upon story built up to form their background, and then you go in a complete, like, left turn direction, you're going to upset people who are fans of that character. Like, Carol Danvers is a character that a lot of people have rallied behind, particularly women who are comic fans, mm-hmm. because she's a strong, independent female character that people can like look to like for a lot of women she's the captain america to the you she's know she's the female her. front of the franchise right and you know so she means a lot and i think it has a you know there's some parallels there with how that was handled in that event to what's going on right now in spencer's run with cap you know where people are upset for issues that go beyond the quality of the writing itself per se it's more of a meta issue so i think it's a lot more complicated than just like the story itself and you know there's a lot of folks who don't care about that stuff and that's that's completely fair like that's a completely reasonable perspective it's just that uh when you are kind of tapped into everything that's going on when you see somebody kind of subverting a beloved character like that it's tough and you know i'm gonna point to chris you know our co-host chris wisdom he rest always brings peace. <laughs> rest in pieces. <laughs> oh, no! uh, dance, 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 no! dance. Um, you know, he always talks about that's his big beef with the Snyder DC films is that he feels like Superman is mischaracterized in those films. That's not the Superman he grew up with. That's not the Superman that's been around for, you know, 60 odd year or however many years it is now. You know, that's not the, the character that has been there forever. And he doesn't like that. Like he can't connect with that. And it's one of the big reasons he's there. That's the character that draws him in. He's, he's more of a Superman guy than a Batman guy, you know? So you look at something like civil war two and it's like, you know, it's just, it's tough. Like, and it's doing anything, tacking a two on anything is a risk. I mean, we just got through guardians of the galaxy two where it worked. You know what I mean? But that could have been a disaster. 
Especially trying to capture the magic of the original. Right. But uh, So what's your beef with Civil War II, Casey? It's everything. In the first issue, they they pr- almost kill my favorite character. Spider-Ham? Spider-Ham. <laughs> Come on. <man. laughs> no, it's dumb. Okay, so uh, I'm going to pretend that you guys don't read comics in your life, but you have a peripheral knowledge through, say, the movies or something. You know, like most people. Okay. First issue of this comic book, there's a whole big hubbub about being able to predict events before they happen. How many times has Thanos come to Earth and nothing's happened? Like, yeah, there's been collateral damage, but nobody, like, died, you know? Like, they fight off Thanos, and at the end of the day, all the superheroes are still alive, right? Or even Galactus. Even Galactus. Like, really, like, big-scale stuff, you know? Galactus comes to Earth, like, six times, nobody dies. Not a single casualty. It's insane. Because this guy is coming with the intent to eat the planet. The one time they try to predict what happens, two Avengers die. Basically. War Machine gets his shit supremely punched in. Like, he is felled in one punch. And, by some stupid miracle, his Thanos-killing missile, which is already dumb on its own right, ends up hitting (laughs) She-Hulk, turning her gray, and putting her into basically a coma. It's it's dumb, and it's terrible. And the fact that they're even bothering with this predict-the-future crap is driving me crazy, because all this guy predicts is bad stuff, none of which ends up actually succeeding and happening. It's like, oh my god, Miles Morales is going to kill Captain America! It's like, oh, really? I, meanwhile, no one should be... Everybody should be nonplussed. They'd be like, yeah, that's probably never going to happen. Ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's just, yeah. It's just bad. And it That's... was it was one thing after another, and then by the time you reach the final conclusion where it's like a big fisticuffs dust up between Captain Marvel or you know, and it's 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 just like Paul said, it's 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 so mischaracterized that she would be wrapped in this again. I mean, she fought in the first friggin' Civil War, and she's like, well, that wow, was... this hero versus hero thing was really stupid. We should probably right? never do this again. That was my first thought, was, unless there's a, a reboot somewhere, it is always possible. I mean, there was. This was technically but... after Secret Wars, so... So, do they not remember Civil War? Because No, <laughs> they do. They call they... it out specifically. They're like, hey, remember they... that registration thing? Right, yeah, that was that funny. Was my thing of, of, we did lose the giant in that, right? We, he died. And do you a had... Literal, a literal giant. Yeah. <laughs> you had the... Black the, Goliath. Metal, yeah, you had Metal... Um, the the robot Thor is the one that killed. Him. I mean, you had all these bad decisions, and that was what made that story great. Was it just showed trying to do what you think is right instead of communicating, trying to force one side to the other. Neither Cap nor Tony were communicating at all. And even when they met up secretly later on, they could not listen to each other. They just had to push their own sides, and that is what brings war about. And then to see the destruction and the fallout, never intending these things to happen. But that's the thing: once you set stuff in motion. You don't control it. It's going on its own. And not learning from that? Really? Tony being one of the smartest people in the world? Not learning from that? But to, I assume, semi-willingly ready to lead into Civil War II? 
Because I just believe so hard. No, I don't believe that. I believe. I mean, it's it's it, like, like, like I said. There's that. There's more stuff too. Like Hawkeye killing Bruce Banner. Like, how many times have they had to fight the Hulk as a collective? Like, they're all freaking out because they think Bruce Banner is going to turn into the Hulk and kill everybody. The people standing in this field to confront Bruce Banner, including but not limited to Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Thor. Spider-Man, the Falcon... I mean, like, there's at least, like, 10, 15 heroes here. The Fantastic Four can stop the Hulk if they want. Like, it's not... It wouldn't be a huge deal for him to Hulk out and, and tear up some shit for a while. They can stop him, you know? But they have... They opt to have Hawkeye murder him? It's yeah. like, it's... It's just... It but took, you can't. I mean, that's the thing. And all the lore, even in the films, all the lore of the Hulk is the Hulk stops Banner from dying. Well, it happened. He shot uh, him in the head with a gamma arrow. <laughs> an adamantium-tipped gamma arrow, or whatever. I, I, I don't know. I, it's I just mean, bad. It's, the only redeeming thing about this entire story is that it's got a pretty solid roundtable of artists working on it. The Zero issue is done by Olivier Coipel. The first issue is done by uh, David Mar- Oh, David Marquez drew pretty much the whole thing, but I'm like 90% sure there's some Jim Chung stuff in here. Maybe he just drew the free comic book day issue, but, I mean, just three really solid artists who drew the heck out of this entire thing. Um, but, I mean, it's just a bad story. But, you know, to, uh, you know, to acknowledge our, our friend of the show, Kyle here, um, if you read any comic with Brian Michael Bendis' name on it, you're going to hear something bad about it. He's the most polarizing writer in comics. I tend to love, love his work. Or you hate him. Yeah, I, te- I do. I tend to love his works. Uh, but not everything that he's done. Yeah, yeah I life. mean, I don't love everything he's done, and I don't hate everything he's done. But but to say that he's not the most polarizing guy in comics is pretty. He's pretty. Polarizing. I mean, I don't think that's an unreasonable statement. No, not at all. Yeah, uh, but I mean, that's, I would, that's how I feel. I don't know. I'm glad it's over. I'm glad we can move on to Secret Empire, which is probably only slightly worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all expressed in the show the down the downtrend of Marvel, and now it's, it's re- honestly, if you're going to retread something, give me Executioner song redone. Uh, I, I loved that in the '90s. I, I if you're going to just or, rehash or what you've done, give me that. Some, some give me like an interesting X Men crossover. Infinity War. I wouldn't. Or- I wouldn't redo it. They've done it. They've done it to death. There's been a. There's been a. There's been a gauntlet. There's been a war. There's been a crusade. There's been a watch. There's been, there's been an, an like an yeah, infinity of Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of infinity things with Thanos. What Marvel needs to do now, though, is a <laughs> crisis on almost unlimited universes. That's crisis they, on infinite multiverses. Yeah. yeah just sidestep all the wording just so you can do your old version of that. That's what you do. But, uh, Kyle, I want, I, you know, you, you make some interesting points, but I want to hear what you loved about it. Uh, you, you say Tony was, was going about it in the wrong way, but you think he's right. Tell us what you liked. You know, hit us back again. We'd love. I'd love to hear what it was that captured you and made you enjoy this this storyline. Uh, you know what else though? What happens when you th- see things in real life that you love? Klaus, do you, do you know what happens when you see things in real life that you love? No, I don't, because I don't know where you're going with this. I, I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know much either, but. Casey Straws knows exactly what happens when you see things you love in real life because he met the tick. I did. I met, I bumped into Peter Serafinowicz right outside of my job uh, in the city, um, <laughs> which is, in fact, New York City. Uh, they were filming right outside of Gotham Hall, 
um, which is on Broadway between, uh, well, it's in the 30s. It's like between 37th and 38th, I think. I forget where I work. Whatever. Who cares? But it's right. It's within a couple of block radius of there. And um, he was filming a scene where he walks a criminal into the building alongside Arthur. And he's walking out. And, like, for a second, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, maybe they're just doing some pickup shots. Like, it's, a, you know, it's not really him. It's a stunt double. Like, whatever. And then as I get closer, like, he's just standing there. And they're not even using actual extras to walk past the scene. They're just filming people walking on the street. Oh, no way. So I didn't have the nerve, of course, to jump into the shot because I oh. felt fat that day. So I didn't, you know. <laughs> and the camera already adds 10 pounds. But after it was over, I tapped him on. I walked up to him and I tapped him on the shoulder and I'm like, I'm such a huge fan. And he's like, like, I couldn't believe it for a second. And he's like, thank you, citizen. And I'm like, oh, he's still in character. Like, <laughs> it didn't stop when the cameras were off. <laughs> and I was really grateful because, like, he was getting ready to just hop in a van with his, you know, the, the crew and, and I guess move on to the next, uh, you know, shooting location or whatever. Um, and I'm like, look, I know that celebrities have a pretty love or hate thing with doing selfies with fans, but, like, I'm never going to get this opportunity. Right, again. never. And, and, I've, and I've been reading the Tick comics since I was a lad. And he's like, he's like, well, how can I resist? And I'm like, oh my god! So there it was. Um, I got a picture with him. I look stupid in it, but I don't care because he looks great. And I was just fortunate enough to have bumped into him that day. That's that's really cool. It's cool, you know. People say never meet your heroes, and I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> that. <laughs> Of course, he was on uh, Parks and Recreation for a number of episodes. Yeah, he was uh, like a British lord that teamed up with Andy. He was in the first Guardians as Garth and Saul. I mean, he's all over the place. Yeah, uh, yeah. I see. He does a lot of voice work too. But here's the one. He was the that... original voice of Darth Maul. Really? really? Yeah, I'm like ninety percent sure. So that was uh, early two thousand. He right? has like two. He well ninety nine, but he's right. got. He's got like a, a line. God, in that you movie. are worse than Chris. Don't be correcting me, guest. I'll smack you down. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Star Wars '99, Episode One, Darth Maul, Battle Droid Commander, go. and Gun. That's Gun actually Scout. his first film credit too, if I'm not mistaken, which is totally crazy. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's all TV before that. Yep. So, uh, but the one that you know, sometimes a title will just come across, and you're like. I just have to watch that to see what this this is all about. I'm scrolling back up to get to it. The Adventures of OG Sherlock Cush TV series. <laughs> he is the OG Sherlock Cush as a voice. <laughs> so <laughs> he's just delightful. I mean, he does all kinds of fun stuff on Twitter. Like he does those sassy Trump videos, which, uh, if you haven't seen them, you need to check out. Whether you're a fan of Trump or not, probably not. Given oh yeah, the he was famous, but. He was Pete in Shaun of the Dead. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. See, like, you know him from, like, a million things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you got to, you got to take the selfie, man. That was awesome. That's yeah, I was, I'm just really, I'm, look, first, I was thrilled the fact that he was going to be the tick, but just meeting him, it's it's great. I don't meet too many celebrities. I bumped into Louis C.K. once, and he didn't want to take a picture with me, which is a little disheartening, but I know how he feels about it. But, you know, like, damn, greatest city in the world. What can I tell you? <laughs> I've always wondered about when they film in New York. How do they get the the signed off rights? Like, if you walk through the shot, do you 
you just are there for free just to be I, in the movie? I guess. I mean, I saw some lady with groceries just walk through like she couldn't give two fucks. There was a crazy looking guy in a in a tick suit and a white mothman next to him. <laughs> nice New York kid. Yeah, she's like, you know, she's probably like, oh, he's probably signing autographs or something. <laughs> Meanwhile, they walk up. It's like, are you the tick? It's like, yes. Like, up. Oh, you've been served. Like, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> you see it happen in Times Square to all those poor impersonators who are. Oh yes, I'm a friend of Mickey Mouse. We look very similar, but we're not related. <laughs> I'm so, Mikey Mouse. Hey, Mikey, like, hey, <laughs> ho ho. Mikey Mouse from Brooklyn. Yeah, take pictures with me. Give me twenty dollars, kid. Yeah, that's <laughs> I it. Had, oh man, I was in, I think it was when I was in New York. I had this guy's bug me. Hey man, take my single, take my single, take my single, take my single. Like finally give show. Like sure, whatever. Hand me the CD. This is. Uh, Still about 10 years ago. Who am I making this out to? Exactly. Oh, like, I already signed it. Well, you got to buy it now, man. What like, am I going to do with it? Give me 10 bucks. I'm not giving you money. Oh, man. You're exactly like, I don't care. I, I don't. You might, I might have tourists written on me, but I, I don't give two craps, man. I'm not paying you a dive. Give me my CD um, back. I'm like, okay. I'm just, I'm just glad that you don't have those the natural southern sensibilities about you to be suckered in by that. No, I was like, Psh, spending my money on my kids. So get away from yeah. me. Yeah. It's like I bet I bet in rural Georgia they got a actual snake oil salesman. <laughs> <laughs> it's what do you think Charles does for a day job? I think it's one of my side hustles. You know, we also have air conditioning, which is a thing that New York doesn't seem to, to believe in. But <laughs> that's neither here. We do. I mean, it's we just still put it on for you folk. <laughs> uh, well, before the show. Uh, we were talking about different TV things and different things going on. And uh, Casey, you were talking about uh, the Marvel Fox deal that we thought we had gotten some. We were talking about uh, there's a spoiler moment in Guardians. We're still only we're still within the two week window recording this, so we don't want to spoil it uh, okay. too much. But there's a moment where we'd all seen the film. We we're discussing the moment and we we're asking about Fox characters. So I decided to look it up. And as of five days ago, this is on moviepilot.com. So it's. It's, it was the best article I could find, but, you know, again, you kind of take it with a grain of salt. The Marvel-Fox X-Men deal is officially dead. When, while you, and, of course, the clickbait part is, well, you'll never see mutants in the MCU. Uh, it basically, you know what? Klotz, you said you wanted to talk about Feige. I see it's the first thing here. I'm going to let you go ahead and, and say your piece on this, if you'd like. Oh, hold on. Let me get the grill started. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Well, okay, so, I, you know, I was reading this, and the thing is, I he makes a comment where he's like, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here because I'm not going to read directly from the article, but basically he makes a comment that there's not some, like, colossal, you know, Ice Age thing going on between the two entities, um, and, you know, there's nothing really to thaw out just to, like, it, they're doing their thing, we're doing our thing. And he makes the comment that he feels like they're, you know, they're doing a good job with what they're doing. And that's where I took umbrage. I was like, whoa, hold up. X fucking excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, sir, 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 all due respect. You're genius. What, you know, you're the maestro. What you've created with the MCU, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. But I take an objection to what you just said. You're talking about the company that has 
some of your hottest properties in a death grip. And they're just like, you know, it's like the little kids who are like, uh, you know, like when the little boy takes the Barbie from the little girl and she's like, no, give it back. And he's like, no. And then the parents are like, give it back. And he's like, fine. And he snaps the Barbie's head off. That's what Fox has done to Marvel properties. And so the only thing that they've accomplished in recent time that's been any good was Logan, which was an accident because they let they just let them do what they wanted to do. They didn't just care. like Deadpool. It's almost like if you let them have free reign, you might get something worthwhile. I, I'm sorry, Deadpool as well. Yep. The, yeah. Basically, well, that's the other thing. They embraced our rating on characters that deserve it, and they let the creators go. You know, they, they let the creatives do what they wanted to do. Um, and then, of course, you know, Legion is just like. But I, my big thing with Legion is there's really nothing about Legion that makes it a Marvel show yet. I mean, it's obviously Marvel-based, but, like, it's yeah. not tied into a wider world. or it, it is its own entity. You could have done that without... It was without... good? So that kind of makes it a Marvel show? Right. But, well, no, but what I mean is, like, you could have done Legion without calling it Legion and without having it attached to any Marvel property. You could have literally just yeah. jacked that whole storyline and just done it a little... Well, I mean... it kind of did. I mean, there's nothing that says... We oh, yeah. can only do this because Marvel helped us, other than the fact that, like I said, it, it was good. It's a Marvel story with the Vin scraped off. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so you can't look to them and be like, yeah, you guys are slam dunking it left and right. Like, you know, Fan Fantastic was fabulous. But it was garbage. <laughs> Ugh. The, the X-Men films, you know, oh, we thought we wanted Brian Singer to come back and save X-Men. Oh, no. Maybe he had more to do with the downfall of the first three films than we thought he did. Well, because. so the the direct quote, not the one that you were referencing, but even since it Feige says, it's about the film universe. It's an impossibility at this juncture. We certainly have enough films to keep us busy for a number of lifetimes. Uh, we know that they did make a Marvel television deal to work with Fox TV, including, as we mentioned, Legion. And we're going to talk about this new one, The Gifted, coming up. And I do actually like that in this article, it, it tapped on what Casey was saying and what we had thought last week, which seeing the specific race that we talked about making the cameo appearance, uh, we thought it was a sign of behind-the-scenes negotiations. And to answer your question directly, Casey, that race is actually a shared property between Marvel and Fox. It was already falling into that. We both can use it playground. Right. So Which I had there are a handful of things. Uh, do yeah. you want to just say what the race is? Because you're being weird about it. No, because honestly, if you're excited and you haven't seen it, I would like to give you a chance to see it. Mm. It's a cameo thing. You won't miss it. It's. I feel like if you were excited... Hey, listeners, earmuffs. If you don't want spoilers, <laughs> skip ahead 10 seconds. The answer is The Watchers. <laughs> okay? Earmuffs back on. No more spoilers. There you go. Okay. Ding. Done. Deal with it. See, I am outnumbered here. I got two freaking New Yorkers. Like, just say it. Just say it. What you gonna do? It. Just say it. what you afraid of, Bobby? Look, man. You either you either have a, a spoilers are either all or nothing. You either never spoil it for somebody or you do it immediately. That's me. There's no window. There's no modicum. Doesn't matter if it's left theaters. Like, you know, I have a rule where I don't openly talk about the twist of Empire Strikes Back in front of children. <laughs> can you all right look imagine you're like you're seven years old right and for whatever reason your horrible parents have never allowed you to watch star wars you're at an age where that 
twist, if that hasn't been ruined for you, is goddamn magical. I agree. It's the greatest twist in cinema history. Yeah, it. it well, I, I don't know. You could argue that. Uh, Kevin no, Spacey you can't argue. You can't. You can't do it because no, he, I'm your father. What you don't know is Kevin Spacey was actually in the suit for that scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the Come twist on. you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am Kaiser Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, the rest of this article, we're linking it in the show notes. Feel free to read through it. Uh, there's a part about Deadpool that I'm not going to really spend time on and talk you about know, I Logan. Think, I think the big takeaway here is that he basically said, we've already got a lot to work with. Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as I think the whole fandom, the whole universe of fandom would love an actually good Fantastic Four done by Marvel if the cost is that we get a ton of great Marvel films and maybe because Fox is trying to keep up and be that bratty little kid with the broken doll, they'll try harder. I'm okay with Deadpool's and Logan's and never getting a fantastic four film. Well, never is a long time. I mean, you have 10 oh, years, 10 years. I'll come back to the table. I think. Well, as soon as the contract says that they have to, they'll do it. Yeah. That's usually five to 10 years ish. Depending on, yeah, depending on the wording or whatever. Um, or they might just scrap that particular brand knowing that they can't well I don't know Fox has been willing to say oh if I don't shoot my last bullet into something then I don't get more bullets alright here's my foot alright give me more bullets you really gotta ask yourself if it's like just an untouchable property in name alone which is tragic because the FF have been one of my favorites of all time but like if you told me like just blind without any other information hey they're making another Fantastic Four movie I would immediately be pensive and I feel like the average moviegoer would also be the same. Good news is it's done by Marvel. Bad news is Yui Bowl is writing and directing it. No! You, whatever. <laughs> I always say it wrong. You Uva, know what? The, Uva Bowl. Uva. Uva. The, Uva. <laughs> yeah. the magical solution to that scenario is to not do a Fantastic Four film, but to do a film with those characters in it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if they somehow got if Mar if Marvel's uh, studios got the rights back, and they were to show up in Infinity, I mean it's too late. Infinity Wars filming or done filming, whichever. Yeah. Um, it, it it's all set in stone. But if they had magically just been able to show up for Infinity War, and you skip all the you know you skip yeah. the origin story, you skip all the nonsense, the the angsty. Oh, but we're a family, but we're not all related, but right. mostly. With that weird Rocky, not really you're saying you're saying pun intended. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> jump it. You're saying jump in the way I jumped in as a kid. I didn't go as a child. Yeah. You don't know about episode one. You don't know about story arcs. You're like, oh, this is Fantastic Four. This looks really cool. And you the open up episode two hundred fifty-seven and you read it in the, the middle of a story way to introduce those characters yes. that have crap hit the fan in Infinity War, and then they just show up. And then you have two Chris Evanses in one movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then they kiss. <laughs> and then, oh, and then the universe collides like in Time Cop. There you go. Oh, man. That or the one. Sad. Yeah, the one. Oh, I love the one. That's cheesy, but I loved the one. I love the idea. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's a better Highlander. What can what else? Can oh, you say? no. That's, that's, that's some dangerous territory. I don't I think so. I, I don't. Shh. 
You know, Casey, Casey, I'm like revamping you. my invitation to join the network. I, I'm about to reconsider Ooh. this. I don't know. Oh, no, I, I, I'm doubling down. Casey, you come out of the corner swinging, and I like that. Oh, yeah, man. I got, I got moxie and fire, baby. <laughs> There's treatments for that. So, uh, but along with along with uh, Legend, which, by the way, did either of you see Legend at all? The original? Not Legend. Uh, Legion, sorry. I'm oh. on a different page. Legion. I'm like, sorry. did they remake the movie with goblins and whatnot? No, they better not. That was a really, for my childhood, <laughs> that was a really great moment. But uh, No, Legion, uh, the F, uh, FX. I, I, have not, I have not seen it. It's really good, but what I was going to—it doesn't matter. The point I was going to bring up is the the female lead, who is tied to that universe now as that character. I thought uh, actress would have been great, uh, Sue Storm, honestly, or Sue Richards, or you know, wherever they are in life as of the telling of the story. I thought she would have been fine uh, or great for that actually. But the other TV show that is still coming out is called The Gifted. And it's coming up. Uh, this is the official blurb. We, we've, I've seen the trailer. There's not a whole lot to it. Not a whole lot of recognizable characters yet. Uh, it's going to be the Strucker, S-T-R-U-C-K-E-R family. Weird that they have the rights to that name. Right. Well, it's not a Baron or a Vaughn, I'm assuming. And if they don't make it actually tied into that universe, it should be whatever. It the might be the part of the main characters are literally the Strucker siblings. If yeah. You uh, so. And they're they're now there are some. It says here I didn't notice this, or and I'm the filthy casual sometimes, so maybe I just wouldn't have had the. Maybe I was ill-equipped to pick up on this, but it says there are some established characters from Marvel poking around, including Blink and Polaris. I didn't really pick up on either two, either one of those in the universe. They are, of course, mutants. But here's the official blurb. Family adventure series, The Gifted, from 20th Century Fox Television, blah, 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 tells the story of a suburban couple who ordinary, whose ordinary lives are rocketed by the sudden discovery that the children possess mutant powers. Forced to go on the run from a hostile government, the family joins up with an underground network of mutants and must fight to survive. That alone... Sounds good. I've always wanted to see a real good ever since uh, the X Men '90s uh, show cartoon. I really wanted to see a great telling of here's what happens when teens just develop their powers and the government's already cracking down and maybe we're going to get into the Brotherhood of Mutants. Didn't, and, didn't you already see Singer's films where they're you spoil the <laughs> Yes, no, I don't like that one. I, I didn't like. I did. I did not enjoy the the fire guy. It just wasn't meh. It was just. You mean Pyro? <laughs> I'm not giving him that. No, they that are really not allowed wasn't... to take it. They're not allowed to take it. That was crap. No, you cannot. No, no. No, I, I mean agree. Fire Guy. X2 had a whole sequence where the government is just cracking down on the mansion. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I said, did you? Did I stutter? I know I speak with the Southern Twang sometimes, but I said a good telling of the story. Dude, don't get too excited. You're going to turn into Rhett Butler in about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. Stop it. I do declare. I do declare, son. I do declare. Uh, but here's not the- Brett. Not Brett Butler. Rhett Butler. Why did you have to go back to like the 1950s? Give me Brett Butler. <laughs> Brett Butler's. She's t- she talks deeper than I do. I can't do Brett. Never mind. <laughs> no. That's just a really bad moment wow. on the show. I, I apologize. Uh, this Chris, is, this is what you have when Chris leaves. This, this is, what is such a Christmas. train wreck that Amtrak is filing for damages. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, don't do that. We've got enough signal problems lately. Uh, 
And you anybody but you guys don't even know what Amtrak is, so there. Yeah. <laughs> anybody anybody in civilization, aka the Northeast, knows. Hey, we have an Amtrak. Uh, we have an Amtrak station in downtown Atlanta. Not for long. Well, yeah, maybe not. Uh, the shows. The, here's the the thing. The show is written by Matt Nix, who did Burn Notice, which eh, was okay burn, for a while. It was okay for a while, yes. Burn Notice had its, its moments. Yeah, it, it's it definitely a shark. It's definitely a great character interaction type show. I agree. I agree. And if you get the right people, uh, Ash, uh, um, not Ash, Sam Axe uh, by Bruce Campbell was great. It took me a while to warm up to the main actor. I forget his name. But I did warm up to him. Michael what? That was the character's name, Michael. Oh, yeah. I forget the actor's name. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the Irish. It's been a long time since I watched Burn Notice. You guys know how I am about names. But the the girlfriend. I almost had her name. I almost had it. Don't bring that up because of the uh, bad accent thing. Like, we don't want to talk about that again. No, no, no. But I'm talking about the characters. You're right. The characters did grow on me is all I'm saying. Uh, so, But we'll see. But then it's also written, co-written, or I'm sorry, being directed by... The phrasing is this. Uh, this is the official phrasing. X-Men's own Brian Singer. Boo. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't well, know how... Put, wait, was that the signal? Did I miss the signal to get excited? I wasn't paying attention. No, not, not excited. <laughs> not excited. I, 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 twi- I didn't... I, I have very little love for Brian Singer's X-Men. Uh, uh, X3, I mean, it takes a noticeable well, hard left. Wasn't, wasn't him... That yeah. wasn't him? It Who was did it? Ratner. 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 Okay, yeah. F Ratner. But that train wreck happened because he bailed to go do Man of Steel. I liked not Man of Steel. Which returns. Which itself was bad. Yes. See, I defended we we talked about this on FTH like three years ago. Yeah, right? we did. Yeah. And I at the time there was a lot of controversy about Singer coming back to the series, you know, to the IP. And I defended him. I was like, you know, the first two films were pretty good, and they probably would have they would have closed out that first trilogy a lot better if he had been involved. But he has now proven me wrong. That those two were a fluke. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, Chris always argues that those two don't hold up. Like, if you go try to watch them today, you're like, oh, my God, these are bad. The, sec- yeah, the second agree. one is fine. The first one is is rough because there is a lot of exposition. That's that your liberty it kills me every time. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. But, but then yeah, you I look mean, at it, it's like, what year was this made? 2000? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, that is fair. I mean, it's tough to hold a, a comic film from 17 years ago to modern standards and ha- expect it to hold up. Yeah. Except for Blade 2. That one is pretty incredible. Thank I liked you. all the Blades. Thank you. I did. Yes. I enjoyed all I the Blades. I am high-fiving you through time and space right now. <laughs> I Well, because people bag on Blade, but I think Blade 2 was one of the best comic films of all time. I thoroughly Agreed. enjoyed it. Agree. It's it's one of my favorite films. Like I love that movie from beginning to end. Even the bad CGI ninja sneak-in scene. Like Every time I see that to this day, I'm like, oh, this is so bad. But overall, I think that was a great film, and obviously that was because Guillermo was the man. I gotta yeah. say, I love Wesley Snipes. You know, I grew Snipes up. Snipes is fun. Yeah. I grew up watching Passenger Fifty Seven and all that stuff. Uh, Can New you Jack imagine City and... all the other amazing films we might have gotten from him if he just paid his taxes? <laughs> you know, I know, maybe, or or he could have gone the Steven Seagal route. You know, you never know. You never know. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of oh, happy the way it happened because we can. I can have. I personally can have happy memories of of. Wesley Snipes, and when I go back and go, okay, my kids need to watch Under Siege, but that's about it. 
Because Stagall just really tanked after a while. Really, really tanked after a while. I don't I don't want to get off base, but I do have to ask. Did you guys already talk about Del Toro no longer doing the Hellboy films? Mm, I, I think we glazed well, over it. We didn't get to really cover it because yeah. it was on the week that we did our panel. Right. So, uh, I did see that they're working on three. Perlman's going to be in it, but Tormo, Guillermo, Guillermo is not going to be... Perlman's going to be in it? No. I, I, sure? I no, he's, he's being... Hellboy's being played by David Harbour, the sheriff from Stranger Things. Hold on. I could have sworn I saw... Maybe oh, maybe it's one of those clickbaities where they, they put a, a picture of Perlman the th- out there. One of the things that I saw theorized or at least reported on was that there might be a passing of the torch type thing going on where he'll make a cameo, but he's not going to be in it as Hellboy. Okay, uh, I probably saw a clickbaity And somebody um, said he might do picture. some voice work. See, I've got no news beyond the February 21st announcement that's never going to happen. Uh, May 10th, this was, here we this go. This was more recent. This would have been maybe, maybe I found two, a GQ. I found a GQ. Week, two weeks ago? Okay, yeah, yeah. GQ from about last week, week and a half ago. Um, and it shows Ron Perlman as the headline, as the picture. So let's scroll down. Uh, R-rated Hellboy reboot is nothing but good news. Uh, we wanted Guillermo del Toro, but it's never going to happen. Uh, I'm looking. I think through. a lot of that might actually be because Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy, was he's not really a fan of del Toro's vision for the films, I guess. Mm. Which is surprising because they're really good. But I think that that if Mignola wants to make a, a Hellboy movie that's like to his speed, I mean, by all by all means, he's been working on the damn thing for. 25 years? Yeah. Close to? 94? You wonder if maybe he doesn't like the fact that they're considered to be so iconically Guillermo's films. Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so as a creator of a story and some characters, to have that kind of usurped kind of sucks. Uh, my understanding is that Perlman has no interest in doing it again because he doesn't want to go through the... One, his, he's aged and the physicality would be really tough. Right, that... that... That makeup but, is. Right. He was he was championing the shit out of doing three with Del Toro, but yeah. like once it once it fell through, I mean, I'm sure that he's just like, well, that was as close as we're ever gonna get. Yeah, he wants to do. He, he basically wants to work with Del Toro. Is the thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, even though I've, I've so I think it was a, a blip of they're using Perlman's picture as Hellboy, and that's what got me. Because absolutely, you're right. He's he's not a part of this. It's uh, where does he the actor here or the director? Um, I just saw Neil Marshall, uh, who includes the horror thriller The Descent and a couple of Game of Thrones biggest standalone battles. And uh, art, this is a quote here: a partic- particularly artful and grotesque episode of Hannibal uh, is is under mm-hmm. his belt. And yeah, is David Harbor? It looks like he's going to be. Mm-hmm that so it, it's which he's i mean f- physically that you know that gentleman is an ideal choice i think um, even his at, like his, whole, his whole attitude i think yeah is, is right he, he'll yeah. pull it off is what i'm saying he's got the physicality he's got the look and all that um i mean i'm i'm, I'm gonna remain open-minded as i always try to um i really hope that they find a way to capture some of the magic that del toro did but you know obviously it's going to be difficult without Del Toro being involved. But I think one of the things that made the two Hellboy films that Del Toro did so great was just the attention, the detail, the world building, like, and I know practical effects, right? Yeah. All of that, like the, the costuming and that stuff was so top notch. 
to this day, the first Hellboy film is one of my favorite like films ever, like artistic vision wise. Like I just yeah, loved, I thought it was great. You know, I loved everything about it. I loved the costumes and everything. I just it killed it. You know what I mean? I think for my taste, I'm a little outside of Guillermo's normal range because uh, because of the Hellboy films, I watched. I think it's Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm loving the visuals, loving it. But of course, this is a twenty, you know, ten year old film at the least. So, spoilers if you haven't seen it. Uh, but at the end, when it ends, it's like, wait a minute, did did it happen or did it not? I don't understand. And it's left for you to. I, I personally hate those kind of films. Like, no, I want to go on the ride. But I love these worlds you're building. I want them to be real. I want to know how the magic happened. Like, oh, it was this underground hidden magical world or something. But, you know, at the, and it's set in Nazi World War II areas. And I thought it was a great film up to the end. I was like, wait, wait what? What? I, I hate walking away from film going, what? What just, what just happened? So I mean, Del Toro yeah. is an artiste. You know what I mean? Like, he's really... He's widely, you know, accepted and considered to be kind of more highbrow. Yeah, I, get, I got that very much after that film. I, I, yeah, yeah, he, I he, thought he's going to be more of a supernatural guy. director, but no. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He's he's not your, like, he's not your campy horror kind of guy, and he's not your, like, blockbuster yeah. kind of guy. He's really an art an art film guy. You know? Which I mean, kind of says at this point in the juncture, if you're going to do another Hellboy, maybe he wasn't the right guy to do it. Because his visuals were great, but if they're going to be competing with blockbusters, maybe you need a blockbuster guy. Well, I mean, I, I think, I mean, you look at the first two films. The second film was a little bit rough, but it, it has it some. Was cool. Like, I, I thought was, the second was better than the first. I uh, see. I, I think the the first is like about as good as you can get with that kind of story. Fight, the problem fight, with the second fight, one is it drags fight. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> World star. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh the the thing with the second one is the pacing gets a little bit disjointed, but um the thing is he really delivered with those and then Pacific Rim again he delivered with a blockbuster type film. The yeah. the man has chops, like he can pull Michael Bay weight. Yeah. But I really feel like he's got to be and he's uh, so a little bit of commentary to who he is as a director. I feel like he's got to have like you got to give me the whole steering wheel. Like, and I think that's why this is taking so long for them to yeah. move forward. You know, I think that's why, like, you know, he's not involved with Pacific Rim 2 directly like he was going to be. I think this is why he ultimately didn't do the Hobbit films. And honestly, I, that's fair enough. If you're an art yeah. artiste and the world does seem to love your vision, I get that. It has to be your film. Right. I think, well, and that that is also the point that I think del toro's at his best when he's playing in his own world probably and he's able to do what he wants to do i know clots or even casey you guys are going to have a, an example and we got to hit the break here in a second but uh you there's got to be an example i just can't put my finger on it of when a great director in their own right was forced into a different kind of movie studio situation and the disaster that came out of it right they weren't given the freedom um i know the dc on screen guys would say it'd be uh, Joel Silver, the Batman nipples guy, Schumacher. Schumacher, sorry, Joel Schumacher, uh, about how he was he was pissed off at the the thing, and that that could be the example there of, in his own right, Joel Schumacher told some great stories and had some good movies, 
but that Batman was one of the worst ever. So, uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I love Hellboy. I'll be more than happy to see what they do with the new one. Uh, God, man. It's just such a niche of the comic book world that we just don't see brought to big screen ever. Just that occultic, satanic, you know, forces of evil, you know, stuff with some of the dark humor and the lighthearted humor. And, man, I just, I dug all of it. So, um, what are, are you guys looking forward to it? Yeah. I'll watch, I'll I'll read anything, I'll watch anything with Hellboy in it. Like, that's a, it's a guaranteed sell. You're, you're you know, sitting there in red face right now with plastic horns, aren't you? I've got a, I've got a $300 statue, Mezco statue of Hellboy. No way! By a great friend of mine sitting right behind me. Awesome. <laughs> what about you, Klotz? Yeah, no, my, my ass will be in the seat for whatever they come up with. You know, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm 100% there. I just hope it's awesome. All right, well, we're going to take a break here because, you know, we got to make that Casey Straws money if we're going to keep him around and make him happy. So listen to the advertisements for us. We'll be back in just a moment. And here we go. We're coming back with some more fun stuff or actually, you know, some interesting things that are going to get us kicked off here. Uh, Diane Lane, who is, who is um, I forget, who, who she played one of uh, Christmas. That's it. That's right. She, she played <laughs> the mom of the universe is what she played. Uh, which, by the way, DC was trolling the crap out of Chris Wisdom. Did you guys see that over Mother's Day weekend where they kept putting out Batman uh, or Superman holding Batman's face with a smile and it says Happy Martha's Day on it? I, I thought of Chris so many times when I saw that flying across my Facebook feed. It was great. Uh, but she came out, and there's a eh, – I think she's kind of being – railroaded here class but you're the one who brought it to my attention about diane lane said something about justice league and the world's got butt hurt yeah so basically um you know she was uh she was interviewed and they basically i'm paraphrasing again here not direct quote she's basically asked uh two questions at the same time the first one being can you give you know give us any tidbits on justice league and uh, also, do you think that uh, Justice League is going to be better than, you know, the next Avengers film, the Infinity War? And she uh, said, sorry to disappoint, like, short and to the point, no and no. And, like, immediately blew up online. Like, everybody started passing this around, like, oh, Diane Lane's talking you know talking truth about how justice league's gonna be straight garbage yo you know like uh and it they walked it back very quickly like <laughs> pr firm jumped on it we're right ringing away. in 2017 with a second garbage fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah so pr got in involved really quickly she she clarified her statement it was like no 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 that's not what i was saying um and the reality is it's really tough to say i doubt I doubt any actor of her experience would say, like, just bash a blockbuster like that that she was involved with openly like that. I think it was really, I really do think it was just kind of like she's getting railroaded a little bit on, like, the. I, that's how I personally feel. Is like, it, I, did you find the clip? Because I know you were looking for an audio or a video clip of the no, actor. I, I couldn't the find a clip on it. If there's one out there, I mean, you know, feel free it's, to comment. The below. show has watched what happens live with Andy Cohen. Which Andy, that's if I'm 
I could be mistaken, but is that the same Andy that does all the Bravo Housewives reunion shows and crap? I have no idea. Uh, let me look him up on IMDb. So you need a wife, Klotz, so that you can help me remember these things. Let's see this yeah, crap. Uh, wife for, you, for you folks listening at home, you heard it from Charles. I need a wife. I hear <laughs> Russia's got a discount going on right now. Uh, Topical humor. A little bit. Almost. Didn't quite work, but there. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I, I think if he asked it, just like, pop, 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 she's already thinking about the first part of the question. I'm just giving human... Playing devil's advocate, the human reaction is you Why are you the changing the subject from us talking about me getting a wife? Like, you brought yeah. it up. Folks. You got a problem with us guys, single and or ready to mingle? <laughs> well, you know, if you have any candidates, feel free to write into the show. <laughs> they better like comic books, though, damn it. <laughs> We're yeah. tired of these normal women with normal hobbies, like sports. <laughs> sprots? Is it Sprots? The, the sports ball fans. <laughs> uh, so back to the actual story here. Uh, now, the, you know what, though? The human thing is to hear the first question and start forming your answer, especially I'm imagining if you have these non-disclosures and you have to be careful about what you say. She's already there to say no. She can't comment on it, basically. And I, I kind of feel like she was sandbagged. And her statement, official statement to clarify is Diane, or the statement from the press people, uh, Diane meant, sorry to disappoint in reference to revealing anything concerning Justice League that is not already out in the public, which is initially what I thought, is she saying she can't say anything, not that, no, yeah, the Avengers are going to be way better. This we've sucks. established that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I just, I'm pretty sure that's uh, the case. What I'd really like to know is what she thinks about Judge Dredd, that dumpster fire she was in about 20 years ago. <laughs> I'd like to hear her real honest feedback on that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely been that. Casey and I were talking about that when you were off handling a, a moment to yourself. There, that sounded bad. I apologize. That came out. I was you trying to like, how could I just? I know. What can I say? Where's Chris to really pour the fuel on? Oh, like, yeah, she wasn't same... a bad-looking Judge Hershey. I'm gonna level with you. Oh I mean... no, well, <laughs> no, she was fine actually. I mean, you know, like that film wasn't bad because of her. She no. was. She was great in it, actually. I mean, I, I, I saw that the, that in the theaters as a child. Like, way younger than I probably should have been to see that movie. As a wee lad. As a as a wee lad. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and she was great. And I had a crush on her for many years because she was beautiful. Uh, and still is. You know what I mean? Damn. But, like... Yeah. she gets Look, she gets that, that action girl sex hair halfway through the movie. Yeah. It's pretty good. It, uh, right. It is, it is this nozzle. So, okay, the guy who asked her the question, his number one claim to fame is the Real Housewives people of Bravo brought him in to stir up the fights on the reunion shows after the season's done and they recap the whole episode. And his whole job is to sit there and pit these women against each other for a good hour, hour and a half. And that's you might say it's a resurgence of the man show, but not really. Yeah, in a very, very horrible. I mean, <laughs> not that the man show is great, but this is this is bad. And he's just he is he's that antagonist. He has he almost has nothing nice to say. And this is a guy who delivered that question to her. So I would honestly say you, you can't you can't trust anything from him. In my opinion. Well, I mean, <laughs> crap. I don't that being said, does anyone really have doubts that Justice League will probably not be as good as whatever Marvel? I have Marvel... hopes. I have hopes that'll be as good. What, as, what as possible 
foundation do you have to stand on for those hopes? I didn't say I had a foundation for hopes. I said oh I have hopes. Well, Taking it on faith? You yeah. truly are. So we Oof. posted an article to our uh, Facebook page for the show this past week about the fact that Justice League is currently undergoing major reshoots. Yeah. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. The, the R word, you say. Uh, yeah, you know, extensive is, is the key word in this whole phrase, which means there's a pretty good chance that we're going to get something akin to what we've dealt with with the last couple DC uh, films where maybe they're trying to salvage, maybe they're trying to shape the poop into something that doesn't resemble poop, but yet it is still poop. Uh, I, I, we both, you and I, came out and said Suicide Squad out of five was like a 3.9, 4.0 on the rating scale. And out of did, 10? Out of 5. Not out of 10. What the heck? Now I know why I'm not on the show every week. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, yeah. It, you're you're it, bloody madman. You're madman. Well, here's the thing. If, if, you put your, if you put a 3.0 is just mediocre, like right. it's passable. It's not right. garbage, but it's not great. I was like, this is... Sl- for moments that were really done well, it was slightly above just literal human excrement. Uh, <laughs> oh. You just said it's not bad or not good, but then you somehow make middle being crap. No, Frankenweenie was crap, man. Fan-craptic 4 I is crap. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about because I didn't watch that garbage, but <laughs> what, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, you know, if we were on a scale of 1 to 10... I don't know that it would have gotten a full six from me. It still probably would have sat at about a 5.5. So, you know, maybe that's a more accurate assessment. It wasn't like, it wasn't amateur hour, but it definitely wasn't. I'm going to stand by, I liked BVS. I definitely liked the Ultimate Edition, which was way better than the theater cut. Theater cut definitely had issues, but I enjoyed it. I got to be careful expressing strong opinions about BVS because I have not watched it since the first time I saw it in the theater. And that's fine. I, I, and we, you and I, had some back and forth I really, like I really need to go back so that I can either reaffirm my initial acceptance of it, or to, aff, you know, affirm the descent into darkness that Chris would like me to take, right. so that I can poop on it with him week after week. Now his thing is is all Do Superman. Join the dark side. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, moving on, moving on. So uh, uh, I don't know the extensive reshoots. They don't worry me. I just I. I'm going to be giddy just to see everybody on screen together for a minute. After that, we'll see what happens. But I, I go. I want it to be enjoyable. That and that comes down to pre- personal preference. Is it enjoyable to you? Now, good. We can definitely argue on all day long, and better than the Avengers. I know. I don't believe it'll be better than than the There's Avengers. I'm trying to keep it separate in my no. mental world. There's not a chance in hell. Well, because Avengers it would be better than Avengers 2, which is just as good as Avengers 1, but not as good as Avengers 1 because it's a sequel to Avengers 1. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm starting to hate you a little bit more, Casey. You're doing a good first <laughs> job right now. Look, what, I, what I'm saying is, a film, like, Avengers 2 is fine, and it's a great movie in its own right, but because you've already seen the Avengers assemble once... It's yeah. not as good. It doesn't have that same kick to it that the first one had. Just like Guardians, I would say, Guardians from a movie standpoint might even be a better out-and-out film than the first one, but it just doesn't quite capture that first-glance magic that you get with the first film. Mm-hmm. So it'll never be sure. better than the first one. 
even if it might be objectively better. The interesting thing that I've heard in talking to people about Guardians 2 is that a lot of them actually feel it was better than the first one, which I found to be a little confusing because I personally perceive the first one as being much tighter. Like, I loved it, don't get me wrong, I had a great time, but I definitely feel like everything flowed much better in the first film, and the soundtrack was bomb, and like, you know, all that, but I feel you. I'm with you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah, we're getting a, off base. We gotta switch yeah. switch gears we, to DC. This is what we do, though. Yeah, what? Well, no, we, there are oh, no I, bases no, I know, here. I know. Well, I wanted to. I wanted to hit this one. What? How do you guys feel about Wonder Woman? It's it's barely. It's a couple weeks away. I I'm disappointed they're not marketing it better. But because I think, what, what, I, what, I, how could they market it better? I what, haven't what? seen it come across my feed. Okay, so when when uh, Guardians is coming out, I mean, it was all what. You don't watch trailers. No, no, but listen, listen. She, she, I know you asked me. I, can, I am the outlier, so I'm the one you need to base your damn marketing on. So I got it. I got it, man. You want us to base our marketing on an outlier? I want. Shut up. Oh yes, <laughs> I do. I, I. Uh, but in, on, on Instagram, I would see promotional posts on Instagram for Guardians Two. On Facebook, scrolling through. I would see promotional this as coming out this weekend on my websites. I'd see the wraps of Guardians Two is coming out. I have seen nothing of the sort from Wonder Woman other than Dr. Pepper cases will get me free tickets. By the way, everybody, Dr. Pepper sleeves of 12 cans will get you two of those. will get you a free two free ticket or one free ticket to see. It's a good ticket to go see Wonder Woman for free. All right. If you drink Dr. Pepper, there you go. Uh, I'm I just saying I could feel. See, that's why I say, yeah, you base your advertising off of me because as the outlier, you have to be doing good advertising for it to reach me. At Guardians hit me constantly. Wonder Woman hasn't hit me at all. Other than I'm a geek and I'm knowing to go look for the date and to find out when we're going to go see it, which is, by the way, June 2nd. So um, that is coming up at, uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, I, wanna, I, mean, I think it's awesome. I would lo- I'm looking very much forward to seeing this film. Everything we've seen in the trailers thus far is promising. So it'll be a question of how it's all tied together and if the rest of the film holds up to what's in the trailers. Uh, I'm hoping that it's every bit as like comedic and punchy as it appears to be in the trailers. Um, so I'm hopeful. I, I really want this to be a success. I want this to be a good film. And they have a unique standpoint of, of getting away with not being compared to too many films because it's the first female-led comic book movie. It You're, is. You get to no, kick the I... door open do it right, and your flaws would be overlooked. I do feel that there's a bit of an error in judgment here in the time period that they placed it in, because I think it's going to get compared to Captain America. Well, yeah. I think it would have been worse if it was World War II, and then it would have been like, no bones about it, Captain America. Right. So there's right. a chance that, yeah, there's a chance that uh, they can dodge that, but I think a lot, honestly, I think the general public doesn't always make the distinction so well. You know what I mean? Agreed. So that it, yeah. they might not perceive it as being greatly different. You know, so it'll be real interesting to see how this plays out. But at the same time, Cap is ten years old, so the general going public doesn't really keep that in their memory as much. Do we operate by the wrestling rule of every seven years you've got a new generation of fans? It's possible. Yeah, I, I don't think you can discount anything that's in the MCU right now. Still. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't discount it, but it is unique. I mean, if you go, if you go, well, you know, you can compare Iron Man to Wonder Woman. It, you can easily go, well, but Iron Man didn't have to overcome gender roles. 
you know. I mean, that's I'm just saying. I, have... That's not what I'm saying, though. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about narratively. Like, the oh, no, that, that's superhero, always be, yeah. the, the invincible super warrior in a World War conflict. There's going to be parallels. Yeah. And it, and it could hurt the film. Uh, we'll we'll see. see how. It, it's also a rather lengthy film at two hours and 21 minutes. So it's going to be real interesting to see how that plays out. For some reason, IMDb has a rating for it already. I'm very confused okay. by that. A seven point nine out of ten. Is it? Has it come out in Australia, Frank? Anybody? Frank? Probably, probably pre-screening something like that. Yeah, it's. Uh, it comes out June second, so it shouldn't come out for at least another week overseas. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's we'll weird. see. I, I'm hopeful. I, I have a lot of faith. Uh, I like. Uh, I like Gal. So I'd really like to see it be really good. I, I'm honestly going to take the, the gender role of going, I just want this to be good so that Hollywood didn't go, see, see, female-led stuff doesn't sell. It's just, I No, if it doesn't sell, if Wonder Woman doesn't sell at this point right now, it's because you effed it up with your storyline. or you going to go on a shopping cutting. spree, though, in the middle of the movie? Because that oh. would I'm kidding. I'm being an ass. But no, that could, that could happen if they screwed it up. Yeah. That could happen. Right. And that's why I was like, ah, oh, no, please. You know, another female-led property has, well, the title leads you to believe it's female-led, but we'll see. Not much information coming out, but they announced the next X-Men uh, film along the lines of First Class, right? It's in that universe of X-Men. Is the Dark Phoenix. Boo. They've never done Dark Phoenix well on the screen. No. Not any screen. They did it well in the comic books in 1980, and then they didn't do it well in the 1990s for an entire season of my favorite cartoon. And then they didn't do it well in 2006 when they did it with the girl what kills James Bond with her thighs. And <laughs> and now we have this with Sansa Stark as Phoenix. And it's like, yeah. well, come fucking... Just don't. Like, here's an idea. There's a, like a dozen good X-Men stories, how about we don't do Dark Phoenix? Like, let's not. Yeah, why don't we have a couple yeah. films where she's just, like, like full power pre-Dark Phoenix, but, like, gets to just explore that. Yeah. They did the, I mean, we did, the, you know, you did that with the Singer films originally. Gene got to be powerful for a couple films before the well, Dark Phoenix started to come into the picture. I'll say the Phoenix. She held back a fucking, a whole damn full of water. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. And I was going to say, at the end of that film where she sacrifices herself, and you see the phoenix flying under the water, that's all I needed. That was like, oh, the phoenix, cool. And then and then they actually tried to use it, and it's like, no. Just just keep it that stinger. Just keep the, the stinger. Don't the bring it to the film. The dark phoenix storyline is a cosmic storyline. It is. Trying to do it on Earth. Like, it doesn't work. It's The Dark Phoenix isn't a little bit of angst and, like, emo melodrama. It's a cosmic entity. Yeah. I mean, that it's like you've got to... Yeah. And that universe is in a real weird spot right now because we're talking post-apocalypse... Funny. It, we know it ends bad. <laughs> despite despite everything that they've done to try and change the timeline, it still ends in a really shitty place. Yeah, yeah. Which it, kind of sucks, but at the same time, I mean, I, no, it it kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Fastbender is uh, returning as Magneto. Yay! Um, 
That's about it. Well, yeah. that's the thing, though. The casting, the the first class generation of casting has been really rock solid. Yeah, like they've got good people. Like I love the new Scott. The new Scott was awesome. Um, I would say that I liked uh, Jubilee, but she wasn't in the movie. She put, so. Yeah, she yeah. She looked perfect. Right. <laughs> uh, and I I do like um oh I can't think of her name right now but Sansa, uh. I do like her as Jean. I like her as a young Jean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how as she grows as an actress, because she's still relatively young, and as the character grows in the films, you know, if we can get a little bit of... Because, you know, Fonka was, you know, not young when she did when they did the original run. So, you know, there's there's room there to explore that coming of age and having it be really authentic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think the casting was good. It's just like the stories are just crap. Like, oh, Apocalypse was just like, why? Yeah. Why did you? Why did you take the best villain in the X, you know, X verse, and just ruin him? Kind of yeah. like, I, you know, like kind of like some of the criticisms around Ultron from the MCU. Like they they took arguably one of the best Avengers villains and kind of didn't do him justice. And they did it without Hank Pym. You know, he was okay. Mm. I, I was thought okay. he was. Per- I thought he was perfectly fine. I just well, I think it could have been better, and there could have been wider implications. They still haven't touched a Nullverse. I mean, they had the a they had an they had an Ultron movie where they literally fought an army of Ultron robots. I don't That's, really know yeah. how more on, on point you can get than that. I mean, maybe personality wise, where he's you know he would be screaming like a maniac. It's like I must destroy my father and kill the humans. Like Ultron has no like 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 indoor voice. He's Casey screaming. just went full on Dalek, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's screaming all the time at the top of his robot lungs about how much Hank Pym sucks and how much humanity sucks and how much he wants to be the king of the robots. I do think that the they characterized <laughs> him better, and I obviously the performance was incredible. I just meant like the overall. Uh, you wanted more punch to it. I'm with yeah. you. I also. I mean, didn't... you probably you probably could have gotten that if they decided to use like Kang as a bad guy. No. <laughs> Because there's sorry. a certain, like, there's a certain, and I hate to say the word because everybody uses it whenever they try to, like, describe a classy villain, but there's, like, a, a Machiavellian kind of edge to Kang. Like, he's an educated bad guy. Like, you could have done, effectively, Doctor Doom right with Kang in an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. That'd be an interesting one to see. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm, you know, see, both of you were on the same page as me, and I had to actually unfollow a friend of mine. Because they kept overposting about Agents of Shield, and it's not details. It's like, whoa, what? Agents of Shield? What? I'm like, are you? Are you? You watching this same same show I'm watching? Are you high? Because <laughs> I I I don't understand. I mean, we had the great write in where the guy there. There are people who think the writing's tight. There's people who are really enjoying it. I'm sorry, I'm not enjoying the current the current storyline at all. However. Aces of Shield did not die this year. They were in the death time slot of Friday at ten, and they got renewed for next season. I really don't understand how that even happened. I'm a little surprised because their their ratings keep dropping, but yet it's still. I mean, I'm going to watch every episode until it's done, uh, and I do have hopes that somehow it will swing around and as, as soon as they brought the Inhumans to the forefront, they completely lost me as a reader. Then they came back. They, to me, they came back with Ghost Rider. That that felt more solid, more Agents of Shield, more what I want out of that show. But they didn't. They, they didn't really use him as well as they could have. They used him okay, and then they sent him off on his own thing, and now he's out of it. And 
they they started going in an interesting, interesting direction with LMDs, and then kind of I don't I honestly I'm sorry I just if this were a comic book I'd say it's just not for me, and I'd wait for the next storyline. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Except with TV, you can't do that. So I'm having to watch the episodes to get to the next storyline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the ne- the very last story to go along with that, and this has kind of been a downer, a downer show. And I'm sorry, that's just the news this week. It's not. It's not oh, I'm so excited. It's all like eh. there's nothing. There's nothing good. There's no. There's no great news. I, I would agree. There's no great news. Badness. The, be- the best thing we got this week is me meeting the tick for about five seconds, <laughs> and that happened like a month ago. That happened almost a month ago. I, I, I'm putting "ball of sadness" down as the. The title for the show. <laughs> Breaking the panel, the sad cast. <laughs> it kind of is because, oh, you're killing me. Why is he still on the front logo? I just clicked the wrong article. I went to the Agents of Shield renewal and freaking, um, God, what's his face that was Hy- Hydra's leader, Hive, and he was freaking. I'm losing his Ward. Ward. He is still no. You've killed him a billion times. Take that. Jackass off of the show. He's a horrible actor. You can't write his character what? for crap. What? Wait, hold up. Cr- Word was fine. No, he wasn't. He was he horrible. Was, he was fine until they the re- first season was fine, and then when they twisted him, he, he became a bad actor. And then he when was, they did, hi, I think was a bad guy. I've actually seen that, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I that was. I, I think I think his bad turn was a brave thing to do. That most shows don't do. I agree. I, I just, just didn't think, think he handled it well. I thought he was crap. I think the hive reanimation thing was real dumb. It, that it was, was trying to get too much mileage out of the same actor. And that now I they disagreed with. They've him. done another twist where they're getting more mileage out of him. Is all I'm going to say. And I'm not liking it at all. Uh, yeah, I don't agree okay. with that. I, like as much as I dislike the hive thing, I'm double not in favor of what you're talking about. Like yeah. without giving too much away, I know I haven't caught up to that point, but I know what you're talking about, and yeah. no. So I am, I am, uh, I am slightly excited just because it's a new property, new blood, new people behind it. Uh, other than Marvel, still Feige, blah blah blah. I'm excited for those reasons. We'll see what happens. And Humans now has a release date, and I, this I hate gimmicks. Personally, I hate gimmicks. I'd never liked it when Doctor Who did it. But they're going to release the first two episodes on IMAX in theaters on September 1st, and or the weeks beginning September 1st, and then it'll hit TV September 26th. Uh, okay. No way. It says it originally then was scheduled premiere, but now it's been moved to September 29th. It's going to Friday nights at 9 p.m. Dun, so. dun, dun. The it'll, death slot. Yeah, it'll, but it'll lead into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. unless they change Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. slot, which could actually give it more feet because you're tying two properties that, that work together. It's the old, the old Buffy Angel strategy. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. fine with that, though. I, if I gonna, am, too. If they're going to keep Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on Friday night, they're going to make it a destination night for comic fans, and that'll probably work. They just need to nail this show, though. Yeah. Like, these characters need to have punch. People, You need to be able to get invested in them, and... I, I hope it's good. If it's more of the same of what we've seen on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it's like thinly veiled, typical network TV garbage, I feel it's going gonna, it's gonna to implode. It's not hard. All you have to do is make it Game of Thrones with fucking aliens. Right? That's it. <laughs> it's not hard. They're literally a royal family. 
yeah. at least all the ones that are of any importance. In fact, I don't know of any Inhumans that aren't the royal family, which is weird. I mean, now there are, but back, right. I mean, the, you know, you know what I mean. The, like the Inhumans that people remember the names of. They've got some good actors and actresses to it. Um, we don't know anything else really beyond that. Uh, do you guessing here? Do we think it's going to be on the blue side of the moon? I mean, if they don't, what is it going to be? It's like on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Oh Lord, dude! <laughs> In a loft apartment. Oh, you know what would be a, a, a masterstroke is if they made them like the Morlocks, like they made them crawl out of the sewers. Oh, that would be that would be a swift kick to the nads, man. Like that would yeah. be. Like, oh, get out of here! It's like Black Bolt can't shout. He'll bring the entire city down on top of us. Like, oh, ah, yeah. no. Yeah, now, now I can picture. Thank you, Casey. Now I can picture Sex in the City as freaking the Inhumans. That's all I can see now. <laughs> hey, to so Sex much. in the City's credit, they all had better hair than Medusa. <laughs> oh, uh, we'll see what they do for the shot. Look I think at it's that okay. wig, man. It's it's. It doesn't even look remotely real. It's I, a it's a party it, city wig. I mean, honestly... But let's see what they do with the CGI, because that's where it's going to matter. Oh, yeah. You know that television CGI? We'll get flash people on oh, it. She <laughs> looks like stuff. a pro-wrestling walkout guest star. Oh, she oh looks like God. Lena. She looks like Lena from the 90s. Yeah. It's, it's going to be rough, man. It's going to be It's going to be interesting. I hope. I hope. Here's, God, here, I hope. Yeah, I'm, I, I want it to be good, because I do like the royal family. But here's the thing. They seem to be going hard at the like they're really playing into like based on the costumes and stuff. They're wearing like something close to their traditional costumes. Yes, they are. So Crystal's even got the hair stripes. I hope Jesus yeah. has like the ring in the back. Right. So I I'm happy to see that, but they've got to do it right because it'll look ridiculous if they do it wrong. Agreed. You know what I mean? I, I I don't. The one thing that's not traditional here though is he doesn't have his mask on. A, he should have his cowl, just, his mask, where you want to go. I, I don't hate that as much as I probably should. Yeah. I'm really more jazzed about the fact that uh, Ramsey Snow is Maximus the Man. Yes! Yes. Yeah. Which might be one of the best casting in, in Marvel Comics history. Except yep. it's going to be on ABC, so... I mean, not that that affects his acting, but I'm thinking about the writing and directing. That's what I'm thinking about. What, where they? I hope they let him do what he does, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I see a teaser, but uh, it's it is what it is. So that's that's it. You know, I I was I, I the defenders. Hey man, the defenders come out. I'm excited about that. That's coming yeah. up. The defenders <laughs> has got fun stuff like uh, yeah. like Jessica Jones and Luke Cage teaming up, and Daredevil using Jessica Jones' scarf as a mask, and Iron Fist doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but it gets me excited as you say that. I don't care. It sounds awesome. Watch the trailer again. When everybody's fighting in that hallway, he's literally just hanging back, doing nothing. Now he come, he does come up. He does come up and hit somebody. But yeah, well, so is uh, so is uh, uh, uh oh, crap. I got her. Use, use your words, Charles. I'm trying. Red suit, ninja, female, Electra. Electra. Damn it! Come on, man. I, I, I'm having a stroke. You lose a little more cred every week. You do I'm this show. <laughs> just a Wait, little more. They're gonna be I, like, they're like this Charles McFall guy, man. He's a real fake geek, man. He don't, he don't <laughs> know jack about comics. This is Paul Klotz from Giant Size Team Up Network. 
Just letting you know that you've overdrafted your account, Charles McFall. <laughs> I was going to say, how do you lose cred from zero? I don't know that I had much cred coming in. I have the, he, he is the energy from the inception of this network, Ben the filthiest of casuals and we've never tried to hide it <laughs> i am i am the the kid the the believer the the love the passion the, the excitement for all this stuff and my brain gets tired i forget you're the, you're, the, you're the heart of the team chuck we can't lose you said the guest star <laughs> <laughs> well why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on a regular basis they can find me on a regular basis at TV's Casey on Twitter, where I will rarely but sometimes write something funny related to comic books or the latest political scheme. Uh, or you can listen to me every Thursday night at around 10 o'clock live on badcoyotefunky.com slash podcast. We're on SoundCloud and iTunes and a couple other places. But, you know, as far as shameless plugs go, that's all I got. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, KC, for sitting in for Chris Wisdom. Chris will be out for the next couple of weeks, but he will return. Uh, well, unless Casey does a much better job, then we'll see. So, yeah, this is our chance, Klotz. We fired Chris, I don't know, countless times. You know Actually, how somebody. sore his ass is going to be when he hears this? Yeah. <laughs> As the show goes up and he listens to it, he's going to be like, those mother truckers trying to replace yeah. me. I, what's going to be funny is he, if he does his own riff track on it where he listens to the show, but he just records his comments over us and then says it to Mike and Mike puts it out <laughs> without a notes. He, pe- awesome. he pads out all the pauses and inserts additional dialogue. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel. Twitter's at panel breakers. We're getting some good traction over there. Uh, Captain Hygiene has been tweeting us a lot, and I very much appreciate that. Uh, I know one of Chris's friends, Chris, uh, had been po- promoting the podcast, and uh, one of Chris's army buddies or military buddies was like, Yep, you got a fan. I'll listen. So you're happy for that stuff. If you'd like to help us out, it's patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel. The email is BTP, breaking the panel, BTP at giant size team up.com. And you know what? That's all the great stuff that we have. Go write us on iTunes, send in the email, all that jazz. Uh, tune in next week to hear Chris say, Martha, Martha. breaking the panel is the flagship podcast on the giant size team up network you can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com